What's going on, everybody? Welcome to yet another episode of Two and a Half Gringos, aka Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast. Unfortunately, we're down at Gringo. Nola's feeling a little under the weather. Um, get well soon, buddy. I know you're listening to it. Uh, I know being sick sucks. I got I got over something two weeks ago, and it was miserable. But the show must go on, so let me introduce my only co-host of the night, Anthony Big Bear Murphy. What's going on, buddy? What is going on? Yeah, it feels weird just being one and a half gringo I know. today, but but yeah. <laughs> so, We're bringing back the old school podcast when it was just me and you. Old school yeah. shit. Back in the day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when all we talked about was Mitch Keller. <laughs> <laughs> Mitch Keller and Travis Waggity. Yep, those those are the two, baby. Um, you know, to kick to kick the show off, man. Uh, you had some feelings about Henry Davis and Andy Rodriguez, and to be more specific, uh, DK's article that dropped this morning and the fact that they might move Andy off catcher just because of Henry Davis and the number one pick and all the things that go with that. So I'm going to let you have the floor, man, because you got some feelings. Yeah. I mean, so like, I guess, I guess in the, in the article, it was, I'm going off the, the screenshot that someone posted on, um, on, on Twitter. It, it's, it said along the lines that like the thought process right now is that Indy's a little more s- slender. I'm guessing that's more athletic, more or less yeah. uh, that he's already done it. He's already bounced around, which we know he's played. You know, played some first, played some left field, played some second base. So he's already used used to it. I feel like if that's your thought process of that, that you're going to move a guy off a position just because he's already moved off that position and practicing elsewhere, I I, I just don't like that train of thought with it. Yeah. I, I I feel like, I mean, Henry Davis, if he's not going to be a catcher. He, he's limited to only so many different positions that he can play. It's it's not like they're going to stick him in left field or second base or anything like that. If he's not a catcher, he's going to be a first baseman and a DH, maybe maybe play in right field like he did at the end of now too. And although that that was a disaster, um, <laughs> so I, I just I just think that if if that's the thought process, if that's the reason they're given that I I don't that just kind of tells me that they they're giving Henry the the nod more so because of his draft status that he was yeah you know, hey this was the first overall pick we don't want him to make it seem like you know we whiffed on this or anything like that so he's going to be our catcher um which i again Baseball America had that podcast where they're talking about the top 10 Pirates prospects and they threw out like a Mike Napoli comp for Henry Davis. And well, I guess maybe you don't want to hear that when you talk about the first overall pick, but if you go look at Napoli's numbers throughout his career, he was a really good hitter. I mean, and and we know the crapshoot that is the MLB draft. If if you can guarantee to get someone with that kind of production for that kind of for that length of a career, I don't I don't see why we wouldn't take that. I I just think that you know the pitch framing thing is going to go out the window pretty soon with the rubble umps once it gets into so the pitch framing thing won't be a big deal. I I even think Andy had they they were talking about Andy even still needed some work on the pitch framing thing. But when you talk about like everything else that it is to that involves being a catcher. And he just has Henry Davis beat right now. I mean, Davis has a stronger arm, but that's not translating in play. He only threw like 13 or 14% of the base runners out last year. Yeah. Uh, and, he, and he threw 45% out once he got to Altoona. I think he threw like 33 or 34% overall. Yeah. So he, maybe he has an average or slightly above average arm. It's not what Henry Davis's is, but – He's throwing the runners out. He's making good plays. He's you know he's a good receiver. You know they've talked about how good he calls a game. It's just it's just it seems like as a catcher, he's just a better overall package than than Henry Davis right now. Yeah, yeah, and and a couple of tidbits I wanted to give on that. Um, you know, first of all, you mentioned it already, but he's 
ND seems to call the game better, and pitchers seem to be more comfortable with ND at catcher. Um, I know ND had pass ball issues uh, early on, but I think he put it, he got it together towards the end of the season. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure um, he got it together. Um, and, you know, it, yeah, his overall pass balls were a little bit high, but most of that dropped. His pass ball rate was actually lower this season than it was like in his, the rest of his career. So, like, it started off bad, but he it improved. And I think that was mainly once he started focusing on that full time again, he yeah. kind of got into the groove of it and and that's when everything kind of showed up yeah and and the other thing and and i think i don't know if it's a solution per se but you know if you have andy and henry davis at the major league level at the same time with andy's athleticism i think you can get away with putting him at second base or left field for when it's time for henry davis to catch and when it's time for ND to catch, you can put Henry at DH. Or you could put him at first base. I think he can pass as a first baseman on an occasion, not all the time. But yeah. it, it's not a bad thing to have two talented dudes at, at the major league level. Yeah, Henry Davis is going to be known for his bat more than anything. Exactly. And, and I think to a degree, ND is too. Because uh, if you look at Andy's stats, uh, full season stats anyways, I think the lowest he hit was like 292. So the guy can hit. He can spray the ball. Yeah. It, just find a place for him. And I think you could put Henry at DH most of the time and have him catch if needed. I don't see an mm-hmm. issue. You know what I mean? It's It seems so simple, but yet it's Twitter. So we got to blow up. <laughs> Yeah, it's like at the end of the day, if they're both hitting, they'll they'll find a place for him. Um, yeah, there, there's. I think I think to an extent, even even on my end of this, this this whole who's who's gonna catch and whatnot, it's kind of being blown out of proportion. I mean, if if Henry makes progress with with catching, like split him like right down the middle, do do 181 game or 81 games a piece, and then. Those other games, you just kind of mix and match them into first base or as DH as you go. And then, boom, before you know it, they're both over 100 and 100 plus games. Yeah. So then at that point, like, who, who really who really cares? I think, like, I, yeah, I, I, I get up, I'm upset about it because I see like the progress that Andy made. And, and like, it's just, I, I still think that some people discount just how good of an actual catcher he is. I, I think there's like that that stigma of anytime you see a catcher that bounces around like that, it's because he can't catch. So there's an automatic assumption. Okay, well he's already playing left field, first base, all this stuff. That's because they're going to move him out away from there, and that's like the furthest thing from the truth. With, with Envy, he his best position is catcher. Yeah, I mean he's well, made several plays over the last couple of years that are just like this guy's an actual catcher. I think Ben Charrington's obsessed with athletic people. Yeah. He's obsessed with having multi-tool defenders, can move them anywhere. I mean, Jared Triolo, big one. If Cabrian Hayes mm-hmm. was – I know I talk about him all the time, and I know you're going to laugh, you guys listening. But if Cabrian <laughs> Hayes wasn't the Pirates' third baseman, Jared Triolo would probably be what Cabrian Hayes was as he was coming up through the system. He, We're not sure about his hit tool, but fuck, man, that dude can play defense. Yeah. And you know what I mean? And he can move anywhere and Andy can move anywhere. Uh, Jiwan Bay, another example. I mean, there are a plethora of examples of Ben Charrington just being obsessed with athletically gifted defenders. They can just move anywhere, plug and play. So yeah. I, I I get why you're upset and I'm upset with the, the notion that Andy needs to move. But at the end of the day, I think if they just find places for both parties to play, I'm happy. If they're, they're both playing 100 plus games a year, one, that means they're healthy, which right. is good, which yeah. we know Henry Davis has already had issues with that. Two, they're probably playing, they're probably hitting pretty good if, if you're getting in the line, them in the lineup over 100 times. Yeah. So I think at that point, I like, I don't care where they're playing on there. I just don't like the notion that you would move someone who is probably 
your best defensive catcher, best defensive catcher in the system who actually has a legit shot to make the majors. There are other guys in the system that are probably better defensively, but they'll never make right. the majors. The, the the notion that you're just going to straight up move him off of there because he's already faster. That yeah. notion I just don't like. Yeah, he's too skinny, Murph. <laughs> he's he's. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and another another topic that kind of had Twitter blowing up was uh, Fangraph's recent top forty five Pirates prospect list. Um, it, it seemed like a whole bunch of people the year previous were hyping Fangraphs up, given the pi- like, oh my god, they love the Pirates, and now this year they're kind of, I don't want to say super down on the Pirates, but it's kind of more of a a realistic look yeah. at their prospects. And mm-hmm. when you're faced with that truth after hyping it up, your defense is to automatically go, well, prospect rankings don't matter, this, that, and the other. And, and it kind of ticks me off to an extent, but that's for another podcast. There were some rankings that I kind of had some takeaways with, Murph, and I know you did too. Um, I had three specifically, and I'll start with the first one, and then Murph, you can do yours, and we'll go back and forth. Um, The first one that kind of jumped out to me was uh, Bubba Chandler. They had him ranked uh, fairly high in the system for being 19 years old. Um, Pretty big praise for the kid. Um, Well, at least the pitcher, Bubba the pitcher. We, We all know how we feel about Bubba the hitter right now. Um, you know, they had uh 55 60 grade on his fastball, uh 40 55 on his slider, 35 50 on his changeup, uh, his command 30 55. He tops 98 miles per hour and sits between 93 and 96. Now, I discussed uh Bubba's progress with full count in Georgia, the facility that Bubba works out at during the off season. And I talked to uh, one of the head athletic trainers who works with Bubba. Um, and, and a couple of the things that stood out to me was the talk on Bubba's changeup. And the first thing that came out in the conversation was it's still in the very early stages, which you can expect Bubba didn't need a changeup to get through high school. He could blow guys with his fastball and slider. Like, he didn't need a changeup in the FCL last year. He no, like, he could have. He was blowing people by would by with just that fastball. Yeah, and you know the the next thing that we discussed was his secondary pitches, and you know the slider curveball that he has, and sometimes they can kind of mesh into one. and And the main thing that they're teaching Bubba right now is to have the same shape, the same motion. It's just repetition. And one of the big things that the guy I spoke to said was um, it's not about a jump in progress that he's made. It's just kind of refining what he already has. There isn't a need for a jump. It's just refinement because the, the, he said the kid has the stuff. He just needs to refine it. And that, that kind of stood out to me. And it, it's encouraging to hear that, you know, Bubba is developing a changeup because in order to make it, I think you need a changeup, especially in the role that he wants to play. Now, if he's going to be a bullpen guy, a Cody guy, that's fine with me, baby. That's, that's cool. (laughs) But developing that changeup is very important. And I'm interested to see how that develops heading into Greensboro, because we all know the monster that's Greensboro and inflated numbers, but, and we barely get to see them play but it's going to be interesting to track Bubba throughout 2023 in Greensboro. Cause I assume he's going to stay there the whole year. Yeah. I don't think there'd be any, I don't think there'd be any rush with, with any of those kids at this point, at, at least this year, maybe, maybe next year you kind of just let him off the leash and let him just go crazy and let them determine how far they go. But yeah, that's that's a good point that you uh, brought up with with Bubba, and that's pretty interesting that you mentioned how they mentioned about like you know working on the shape and all that thing because like going back and when I wrote, did my uh, breakdown of him, that's like one of the things that I I noticed especially early on, like it was there were so many different shapes and kind of bends and stuff with that 
early on that it was kind of hard sometimes to tell like what was the change what was the the curveball what was the slider is this all one pitch is this you know is he messing around with like grips or something like that yeah. you kind of seen it saw it refine a little bit towards the end but um yeah he i mean his fastball is so good like he probably like i can't imagine a scenario where he needed any like much else other than that up to this point and his first year focusing on baseball and, and solely on baseball and all that. So here, here, here and all that's all, all good to hear. And like you said, like he's one of the guys that definitely I'm looking forward to seeing the progress he makes next year or this yeah. year, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, you know, what, what was one of the first things that stood out to you um, in fan rankings? Cause we all know people blew up over it. So what's the first thing that stood out to you, dude? Yeah. 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 Well, like first off, just in general, that the, I think of all the lists that we've seen so far, Spangrass definitely made, made people feel the most kind of feels out of, <laughs> out of any, any of them. I, I think the first thing that I noticed was um, like, they're really high on relievers. Like they, they love relievers. I mean, they, I mean, they have, Ricky DeVito, I mean, DeVito, I think, is going to start in a rotation to start, but, like, long-term, he's probably a reliever. Um, they have him 16th. Jose Hernandez, the uh, the Rule 5 guy, they have him 25th. um and Domkowski, 35 and 36. J.C. Flowers, 37. Um, Samanigo, 30th. Like, they, there's a lot of relievers on, that, on, on this list, and a lot of guys that are, aren't, like, Oh, they might be a reliever. No, these guys are relievers already, kind of thing. So that that usually, you know, because like there's a depending on how you value things and, and stuff like that. You know, most places you get kind of a hit if you're just a straight up reliever at at, at this point. So to see so many in their top, in the top forty three, I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, it's a good thing. Like bullpen was a was something they struggled with last year. So to know that they have you know, some potential depth and help on the way is good. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of talked about it off air, but they have Mike Burroughs still listed as a single yes. reliever. Yes. <laughs> that, that is the most confused. That, that was on my list as well, too, as it's, as its own <laughs> thing. Like, so like last year, year before, whatever like that, that to an extent that made sense. You know, there was question about his changeup, but now they have first half. I'm not sure why they're, why his fastball and, and curveball took a hit in its ratings. Cause like, if anything, his fastball got better last year, I, I feel like so they're, but they're both at 55s now, but his, his changeup is rated higher than both his fastball and curveball. So I like, I don't get how he's still considered a single inning relief. Like obviously that third pitch question was answered. I mean, I guess the only thing I could think of was like, maybe they're concerned about like injury. You know, he's, he's missed time the last two years. So maybe they're just worried about, you know, we saw like that brief little video that we were talking about that looked like he kind of lengthened out his arm a little bit to where he's not short arming it more. Maybe that will help. So, but like that was that wasn't the best of angles, anyways, that we saw. So, I'd like to see him in some games to see if that's what it looked like. I've already taken some video and like slowed it down the best I can, so I can try to compare it whenever we get something more substantial. Yeah. Um, I guess one of the the oddest or biggest things that jumped out to me was your Danny De Los Santos's jump. Uh, towards the end of twenty two, he what was he ranked? He was ranked twenty fifth in the Pirates system according to Fangraphs, and now he jumped to twelfth in the system. And I guess Eric Loggenhagen, the gentleman who wrote. Uh, the scouting report for the pirates and fan graphs. He, he has a lot better of uh, gauge than, than we would. Um, and he got the barrel numbers. And I, I think his barrel numbers were insane um, from what I understand when I read it. Um, I guess he graded put higher than it. They had to age adjust it. Yeah. Yeah. They had to age adjust it based off his age and everything. Yeah. And it graded out higher than an 80, which yeah. Man, that's insane. Um, and and you just look at his raw power, uh, future value of 60, it's a 50 60, game power 25 60, and the kid's huge. 
especially for his age. The, the yeah. like it's it's the I am twelve in uh yeah, yeah like no, there's yeah. no way you're that young. Is, are you really are you really seventeen about to turn eighteen or are you just telling us you're like don't ask <laughs> like don't ask don't tell your age kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Um and you know, we we don't have a whole lot on him, so th- there's no reason for me to dive into your Danny De Los Santos's numbers because we haven't seen him at all. But from the scouting reports that we've read and, uh, you know, from the praise that Loganhagen's giving De Los Santos, it's an exciting thing to hear. And hopefully we see him stateside sooner rather than later. I would assume he starts in the DSL this year. I'd assume. I don't think he'd jump to Florida just yet. Maybe. I I. I I'd probably be willing to bet money he's in the FCL this year. You think you think he jumps stateside? Yeah, he'll he'll be 18 by the time the season starts. Pirates love pushing their 19 year olds to to full season ball. Yeah, this gives him a year in the FCL, and then he's in Bradenton in 2024. It's a good. I, I've re- so like I didn't I try I've been trying so hard to hold back like reservations and expectations or just any kind of opinion at all. They until I can actually watch the kid play. Like I want to watch the kid play. I don't like, I, I don't necessarily like putting too much out there on anybody who I haven't been able to visibly watch with my own two eyes. Mm-hmm. And like the videos are nowhere. You can't find them anywhere. I've searched everywhere I can. You get little clips of him, you know, taking batting practice and stuff like that. And he looks good. He's, he's a stocky looking kid. He, he kind of looks like the kid that by the time he's 20, 21, he, he's going to be at third base. Yeah like once he fills out and stuff like that he's got that kind of frame like um, mohica type frame no 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 not not Mo- mohica's like <laughs> mohica was, like, was thick this, this guy's more like he he has that traditional projectable kind of to body and stuff like that where he's gonna fill out he'll go to third base but it's not gonna fill out to the point where he's going to first base yeah um and like his like you said, I think like the biggest thing that I like about this, I like about the jump. One, it's another win for like the Pirates internationally, what they're doing, you know, with signings and stuff like that. Two, if you look at his numbers, they were okay, but they weren't anything like wow. Right. So if if and this is the thing we were talking about off air too, what I mentioned too, the thing that I, I will say about the Fangraphs things, you can clearly tell that like he's getting his info more than just. Let me pull up his box score and and see what it is. So right. he's seeing something in here that like shot him straight up there. Yeah, and it's more than just it's more than just his OPS or anything like that because his OPS was, I mean, it was okay. Yeah, it, it, for especially for a 16, 17 year old, it was okay, but it wasn't anything like, oh my goodness, right? Too so, yeah. yeah. I, I I I just think that's so it's like kind of a win for the. The still side who like the side of the people who still likes like the traditional scouting and not just like let me just scan his uh, the stat sheet and see and give him a yes or no on it. Yeah, yeah, it's it it's exciting, but all that we can go off now is just projections off him. And like you said, we have to mm-hmm. see it with our own yeah. two eyes before we yes. start making any kind of projections ourselves. Um, and. You know, you you mentioned the Burroughs thing, so I'll just go ahead and name my third, and then you can name your third. Um, Thomas Harrington kind of stuck out to me. Um, A, because he has a really good sinker already, and we know how the Pirates have fallen in love again uh, with the <laughs> sinker. Um, advanced changeup with a 55-60 grade on it. Um, averages 90 to 93 on the four seam sinker in the mid eighties. And his command is something that I think they're pretty high on to begin with, with a future grade at 60. So if he can spot his pitches with his sinker and change up combination, I don't know, man. And and I'm pretty sure the kid was a, a golden spikes finalist at Campbell. So, I mean, he has some high accolades at a school that I don't think is known for baseball really. Like he was the, high, he was the, the was wasn't he like the highest drafted pitcher there yeah. out of that school or something like that? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, definitely so, not a school you would think of. No, and and 
maybe it's like the Nick Gonzalez situation where the competition wasn't as great and maybe things were a little heightened because of lesser competition. But I mean, if he's getting grades like this and his sinker has really good projections on it, I think he could jump up boards pretty quick and maybe make a name for himself this year. Because what, he'll start in the FCL, I'm assuming, so... I mean, college pitcher, I'd probably say, like, Bradenton. Well, maybe like a week in the FCL. Oh, yeah, they might. I mean, they'll probably ease him into stuff like that just to kind of see where he's at and all that, but... Yeah. Yeah. Probably Um, extended spring, something like that. Okay. I like... I like Harrington. Yeah, um, it's like I guess I guess feeding off off of that with it, like because um, another thing I noticed too, and I well I, I more noticed this is more of a shout out from like the the Pirates prospects message board. They they kind of noticed that a lot of the pitchers on here with a sub fifty uh, fastball rating, a lot of, a lot of below average to fringe average kind of. Kind of stuff, and I wrote that thing on Po Yu Chen about how, like, me looking at it, like it it looked fringe average at best. And I think, if I remember correctly, yeah, it got a thirty thirty five on Fangraph. So, Chen, yeah, Chen Chen got a thirty thirty five on his fastball. Yeah, so. I'm not shocked. I mean, he's not going to have. I'm mean, he's more of control. He's a control pitcher. Yeah, he's not going to wow you with anything. Um, they they gave his curveball below average, which I'm not sure I I agree with it. I guess it could be a command thing with it yeah. on there, but I mean it has really good spin and and stuff like that. But my um my last thing on here that I have listed, well, I have a couple things listed. The the okay. one just shout I want to say it's like um thank goodness for for Fangraphs because finally uh my boy Carlos Jimenez finally getting some yeah, love man. and and recognition. So. You, Talk about changeups, I believe, or something. Yes, that dude has a vicious changeup, and like the more I watch him too, like that, like all his pitches, like I, I, I would say it's like cl- at least an average to above average right now already. Yeah, on there. So just needs to kind of work the the control better. But um, the last thing that I had was the they were high, still pretty high on Jared Jones and Kyle Nicholas, and. The, the I noticed Jones. Of, I didn't see Nicholas. Yeah, Jones was still eleventh. Uh, Jones was still eleventh. I think Nicholas was like top fifteen still. Really, I didn't notice. Man. Yeah, that's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like two guys who kind of like have concerns whether or not they're going to stay in the the rotation or if they're going to kind of drop off and become um, relievers. I think I, I think Nicholas is probably heading closer towards that path than than Jones. But um, to have them rank that high and like, and then I guess blend that in with like Solomito, he was twentieth. Yeah. So like, two guys I kind of figured would be more like closer to like the reliever side of things, yeah. beating out someone who Solomito, who I believe is a bona fide starter. Like his upside, we're still kind of up and down on, and just how high he can climb. But I, I feel like he's more of a safe bet to remain a starter than than those two. Oh yeah, Solomon. and they didn't, and they didn't, and they listed them both as starting pitchers. They didn't do like like single and then relief pitchers for those guys. Like they were actually listed as starting pitchers. So Mike Burrows was listed as a single inning relief pitcher, but Jared Jones and Kyle Nicholas weren't. I'm so kind of surprised weird. that they didn't label Jared Jones. Nicholas, I can kind of see being labeled a starter still, but. Jared Jones, I'm kind of surprised on. Yeah. Just because of yeah. his tool belt and his command issues. Mm-hmm. That that's that's, have, that's shocking. They have Nicholas's future value command at 55, which that that shocked me because like he really struggled with that at the end of the year. Yeah. And then he doesn't like I don't remember him throwing like any changeup at all at any point in the season. It was either fastball curveball or fastball slider. That's that's it. I mean, that's three pitches right there, but like not your traditional starter. No kind of thing. You need a like I said, you need you pretty much need a change up to be a starter. You just need it. 
you don't have to throw it, but you you kind of need it. And thread of it, yeah. I, I need Nola here to say Spencer Strider one one more time. I'll say I'll say it for him. Spencer Strider would like to have a word with you. Um and and in defense of Nola, we we uh Sean Sullivan, we're just gonna say the name because this is a Sean Sullivan mm-hmm. Truther podcast. Um, it, is, it is. And he wasn't he wasn't he wasn't mentioned at all in it. Yeah. I noticed that. Matt Gorski wasn't ranked either, which I'm starting to come to like, okay, well that that makes sense now. Yeah. So um Murph, I'm I'm gonna kind of change the plan here. Uh, mm-hmm. We will hold off Nikki G until the end. Um, okay. You know why? Because <laughs> of your thread that you, that you, that you had on Twitter there. Um, no spoilers. Uh, but you mm-hmm. know the next the next topic that I kind of want to transition into is uh, the Pirates bullpen at the major league level. They've acquired some guys and the bullpen looks deeper than it has before. But the question I want to pose to you and everyone listening, has the bullpen gotten better, worse, or has it stayed the same? And just looking at the acquisitions that they made, Jose Hernandez, he was the rule five guy, um, lefty option, hasn't even seen AAA yet. So I'm assuming he gets – uh, the Oviedo treatment, not the Johan Oviedo, the other Oviedo where you put him in at garbage time so that way you can keep him on your roster. Um, Harlan Garcia, another lefty option, had an extremely strong April and May, no runs given up, terrible June, July, decent August, is a 355 ERA and just horrible finish in October. It was like 35 point something ERA in October. Um, <laughs> it sits around 94 miles an hour, his four seam, and he has to change up slider. Uh, Dari Moretta, he was acquired in the Kevin Newman deal. Uh, four seam had encouraging numbers with it. Opponents only hitting a uh, buck 90. Sinker got absolutely hammered at 376. Can Oscar Marin or Marine, sorry fix that sinker maybe i I don't know but i mean he's gotten some high praises recently i've seen i think gary posted on twitter about it uh marine getting some praises from uh quintana i think gary mentioned on twitter might have been uh johan ramirez murph i know you're fairly high on ramirez with his sinker numbers you discussed him yeah Colin Holderman, we didn't get to see a whole lot of him. It's an interesting storyline. But the bottom line I would say is I wouldn't say the bullpen is better, quote unquote, but it it seems to me the Pirates have potential for it to be better. And and I think a lot of it depends on the health of guys um, like De Los Santos, obviously. He'd be interesting to see if he can stay healthy because he's had health issues. Uh, Bednar, he's had some recent health issues. And I I think a lot of that stems from Shelton's use of the bullpen. He kind of overuses guys. And I I don't Mm -hmm. know if that's front office telling him to do that or if that's just his game management skills. So this year is going to be a huge test to see how he utilizes that bullpen. But I'm not going to say it's worse, and I'm not going to say it's the same or better right now. It's just, Murph, you mentioned it off the air. It's deeper. And it just depends on a lot of underlying factors, health, usage, and if guys can step up. So I'm not quite ready to say it's good yet, but it's it's looking like it has the potential to be a hell of a lot better than 2022. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially with something like the bullpen, like deeper is better. You know, you have more options to go to. You can rest guys. You can, you know, um, bring someone up to kind of lighten the workload on, on some other people. So is it deeper? Yes. Is it better? I, I, I kind of like have the same thought process that I do with the outfield that like, there's a lot of guys there, but I don't know how they're all going to fit and who's going to do what and stuff like that. Um, I think it would be better if they had like a second more established guy 
to to go later in 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 like later innings. I think yeah. you're kind of just like you have a list of what like four or five people that you're kind of just hoping can take on that role, like Will know? Crow and uh, Will Crow or um, De Los Santos, Gary De, De Los Santos. One of the, they're, I think they're kind of, or Robert Stevenson, Johan uh, Ramirez. They're hoping one of those guys like takes the next step and kind of becomes that guy there. Um, I think, I, I just think it's kind of key that like you got to keep Bednar healthy. You got to, you can't put him in a situation to kind of run him, run him down like you did last year. And, and once you do, we saw how everything kind of fell apart. So if their approach is going to be by just getting as many names as possible into the mix, then I guess that works um, as opposed to maybe just going for like one or two big name guys and then still kind of being a little shallow depth wise. So I, I guess we'll see. Hopefully the, the deeper is better kind of works for them. Uh, according to uh no, I'm not going to get into the that. That's that's a that's what she said moment, and I'm not going to go there. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Woman, I cannot go any deeper. Why do you disrespect me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it's it's the bullpen is a very interesting storyline, and I'm kind of regretting not writing about it on PVN. I wrote about the outfield conundrum with a million yeah. outfielders, but the bullpen is kind of low key interesting to look at. Because there's a lot of guys jockeying for position there. And, you know, the Pirates have made some uh, minor league signings, some camp invites recently that offer some interesting names as well. Caleb Smith being one of them. Um, He's not a great signing by any means, and he's not going to move the needle, but he... He has a chance to make it in the bullpen. I mean, it's a lefty option, so maybe. I don't know, man. Uh the the old guard definitely isn't safe like your Dwayne Underwood juniors and and things of that sort I, I don't think they're safe and I think we have to actually see what they can do um in spring training um and speaking of spring training man there's one key like key issue aha uh, huh, it's kind of foreshadowing um yeah <laughs> uh let, let's <laughs> Let's move the conversation here to Cabrian Hayes. I mean, we've talked about him ad nauseum at this point, but the guy can play defense, a perennial gold glove finalist every year, should win the gold glove, but Arenado, I guess, has better offense, which makes him a better defender. I I don't know. Um, St. Louis fans, if you're listening, shut the hell up. I don't want to hear from you. Um, No, if you're listening, I actually absolutely appreciate it. But the one issue with Keyman (laughs) is – that damn launch angle. And and I know it's a more of advanced stat and it's not just C ball hit ball. Like a lot of people on Twitter, like to scout, but I, that's a big issue with key. It seems like man, cause everything just goes into the dirt constantly. And I, I don't know. Is he going to be able to fix this issue? I, I don't know because there was a hype video. I think Austin posted it on Twitter with key and it, it got me thinking about him again. And it's just, that's the one hurdle that he has yet to conquer. And okay. if he can start lifting that ball more, man, I think the power numbers are are very in his favor because he smokes the yeah. shit out of the ball, dude. It just all goes into the dirt. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what, where are you on that with that issue, man? Because I, I, I don't know if he can fix it, but I sure as hell hope he can. Yeah, that's 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 tricky because like something's working for him. Like you talk about like he's smoking the ball. Like his average exit velocity was in the eighty fifth percentile last year. Yeah. Like he had the his hard hit rate was eighty four percentile. Like he was hitting the ball really hard. It's just there's no there's no lift to it. So that I mean that limits the kind of power you're going to be able to, to do and like do you really want to mess with his swing too much when he's already to an extent struggling to hit as it is you don't want to you don't want to maybe take away the one thing that is working for him right now in hopes that something else is going to work but also like man he, he would be on a whole other level as a player if he does start hitting in the air just a little bit more 
Like he's already the best defender in baseball. And you throw in just just a little bit more offensively. And like this this guy's a top twenty, top thirty player in all of baseball, but maybe even higher if he starts hitting the ball just like if he's a top fifty to a hundred player, if he gets like if he's like a league average hitter. Yeah. At that point. Which and, is and, crazy to think because he's and, that much better defensively than everyone. And, and and we're not talking about just home run numbers, like the, no, the traditional power numbers. He's not that kind of guy, but he could get some gap power, boy. I tell you, he could probably lead the league in doubles. Easy. He just Easy. hit the ball a little more in the air, man. His his average launch. I'm looking at his baseball with Savante. His average launch angle is 5.2 degrees, and the major league average is 12.1. Damn. If you can just get him to that 10 percent average, to where you're just averaging pretty much that, and like statistically speaking, too, like that's that's a whole bunch of batting average points that you're jumping if you can get that launch angle to right about 10 10 to 12 percent. Yeah, that is a that is a lot of batting average that's jumping. Yeah, and you know he would fit much more in that traditional spot that Shelton likes to put him in that two and three hole. He could start racking up the ribbies, and I know that's kind of an outdated stat, um, especially with the advanced analytics. But that's still important. You still got to drive mm-hmm. runs in. So. Yeah. I don't know, man. I, I think he is just one step away. He's one he's step right away. There. And he's, right there. he's still relatively young and, and shit can still work itself out. And, you know, he signed the extension. So he's going to be here a while. And he has time to figure it out here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I'm looking forward to spring with Key, man. And, and a whole bunch of other guys, O'Neill Cruz, too, and see his progression and. You know, the World Baseball Classic is going to be fun to watch just for that sake, just seeing, like, guys like O'Neill Cruz and Rowanzi Contreras see where they are. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's an interesting little, I don't know, tidbit to think about. But uh, Murph, th- this is kind of the part where uh, we got to discuss your little thread, buddy. <laughs> you went on a little <laughs> bit of a tirade last night, um, specifically talking about Nick Gonzalez, who – got crushed in fangrass rankings and it wasn't just fangrass man baseball america was down on him espn was just as hard if not harder i think on uh, i think it was espn they they were i think they maybe might have been harder on on him yeah what was than, it uh, fangrass was was it kylie mcdaniel who did espn yeah. yeah yeah like he wasn't even ranked technically yeah like they he, they just threw him in with the other 40 future value i think yeah yeah, it's 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 hard to see, especially in a first round guy. And and I know we've discussed this a lot, Nick Gonzalez's issues. But go ahead, man. Do do your traditional Murph rant of the podcast. So, yeah, like I always, all right. Like I I think we're at the point now to where like if 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 we're still having this best way to purchase. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think we're at the point now to where be able to, if you take the time to sit and actually watch Nick Gonzalez play, to recognize that there, there's an issue right now. There's an issue with this swing. Part part of it, I was looking at it and I was slowing down some of his uh, Arizona Fall League stuff. It looks like there's almost like a heavier than usual natural uppercut in his swing that I kind of feel like maybe that's what makes it so hard for him to get like the breaking pitches away like he's been struggling on but like you know fixing his swing that that's that's a whole nother tab but like i i just it is it is completely humanly possible to watch nick gonzalez play say there's an issue recognize there's an issue but then still at the same time believe that he's a very talented player and he can fix this and work around it and still end up to be a good major league hitter. I've been, I don't think I've been as critical. I, I, I definitely have been as critical as ESPN and Fangraphs has, 
But like on a day to day basis, I'm one of the more outspoken guys, I guess you would say, from that that recognizes his struggles. At the same time, I still believe that his potential, like he ends up probably as an average everyday starting second baseman, which if he's going to end up that, he'll have to fix that swing to an extent. So I, I think I think that that's still something he can do. I so I'm still down on him a little bit. I'm down on him, but eventually the P two our P two rankings will come out, and people will see that I'm a little bit down on him, probably compared to where I was last year. But I still have I still have hope for him. I still believe that he can fix it. I still believe it's a fixable issue. Yeah. I just I, I think at this point now, like it it's got to stop being you're this way or that way. And if it if you think it's this way, then you're wrong. I'm right end of discussion and i see that a lot with a lot of people out there on on twitter this is how i see it this is how it is you guys are wrong i'm right that's it and i just don't think that's beneficial to to anyone here one of the things i love about this but that's the best thing like i haven't been doing this too long with it but one of the best things is doing is like i'll put myself out there i'll say okay well i see this Someone else will come. Well, I see this, and this is why I see this, and I'll and I'll be like, okay, cool. I never thought about. I never thought about it that way. I, I get messages all the time from people like, well, you know, I really like what you said here. This is what I said. This is what I see. I'm like, cool. I never thought of it that way. I never looked at it that way. Now that you now that you've shown me that, cool. One, I learned something new. Maybe they learned something new. Have a new person I can bounce ideas off of now. Right. And I just think we're we're all the better for it. Whereas, like, I think there's still certain things out there to where it's there's no discussion to be had, and and then there's a wonder is why there's so much backlash when when stuff comes at the other way. Yeah, I mean, if you were willing to discuss it like normal people, we might have been able to to see each other's common ground. I mean, it is what it is. If, if you listen to this, I appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, if you send me messages or if you talk, you're, you know, I say it all the time. Anyone who takes the time of day to discuss baseball with me, man, you're, you're awesome. You're the best. I, I love it. I could talk baseball all day. When I can't sleep at night, I watch my own YouTube page and just watch <laughs> baseball videos. So I'm ready to fall asleep. Like I, I eat, sleep and, and dream this, this stuff. So all I want to do is just get on and have a nice talk about baseball with it. But if, if I can't do that without, you know, Oh, you don't know what you're talking about. Then you know what? Whatever. Yeah. And and, and that's, that's the most frustrating part is because, you know, guys like us, we, we, we want to have that open dialogue and and discuss baseball and I want to learn. Right, exactly. I'm, I'm never going to pretend that I know everything because I know I don't know everything. You're not so an if you, expert. If you, no, I am not an expert. I will be the I will be the first to say that. I, I, uh, I write I write a lot. I, I I talk about baseball a lot. Like I have stuff come out every day, and then the article drops and all that. So I do this a lot, but I will never pretend to be an expert, even if I'm still doing this 20 years from now. Because I won't, there'll be, there'll be something new. There'll be, you know, and that's one of the things that I, I love about it, that there's always something to learn. And I, I, I think it's, I think it's, I'd say, I think it's stupid that if you're not, that you're, that there's some out there that aren't willing to learn more, that aren't open to, to learn more because you miss so much. Yeah. Absolutely. And and people are stuck in those echo chambers of they just want to hear the same thing that they're saying, the confirmation by yeah. it. It's extremely frustrating because all, all we're asking is you have an open mind. I'm not saying you have to agree with me. No, I don't care. Like, we're not, we can watch, if you and I were to sit down after this podcast and we threw up the same video, I guarantee you we would see two probably completely different things. But when we put those two things together, we we both learn more and we know more about it than at that point. Exactly, man. And that that's what it should be all about. But you know, it's Twitter and Elon Musk's Twitter and <laughs> it's gonna fall apart anyways. So we might as well watch it burn. 
I saw the thing today where they're they're getting rid of the blue check marks for all the legacy people. Yeah. So I guess it's going to be the opposite now. If you get the if you have the blue check mark, you're not going to be credible. So I I guess I'm in the right place. <laughs> that makes you an expert, Murph. You know, thanks Elon Musk. He just made me an expert. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but th- that's that's going to be it for the uh, the episode, guys. We we truly appreciate you listening to this. And Nola, we missed the hell out of you, buddy. But we'll see you next week. Um, but as usual, guys, we're going to leave you with our our follows on Twitter, uh, so you could follow us while Twitter still exists. So uh, I'll start off with me. I'd appreciate a follow on there at two hg o one three. You can follow me there. Uh, and you can follow all my work on pittsburghbaseballnow.com. Uh, recently wrote an article about the outfield conundrum uh, that the Pirates have. And, you know, where does really this article? Thank you, Murph. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, I'm working on an article right now with Bubba Chandler. Um, you heard in the early part of the episode where I discussed uh, Chandler's future and how his offseason went. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, Murph, go ahead and give out your socials, man. Any projects you got going on? As always, if you want to come yell at me for for my bad baseball takes or whatever like that, uh, you'll find me on Twitter at double underscore Murphy eighty eight. The the link to the bio link to my YouTube page is in my bio. We're close to two hundred fifty subscribers. We're like at one hundred fifteen thousand views now. I still have more stuff lined up over the next week or so. I have some more videos that I've been I've been editing the last day or two. Some extra stuff that should come out. Um, check out my work on Pirates Prospects. Uh, last last two days, I kind of broke down all the Pirates that all the prospects that will be in um, Major League Camp. Kind of gave some notes and thoughts and opinions on each of them. Um, Tuesday's article drop. I have one, maybe two things coming. Um, I'll let that be a surprise, though, because I'm still not sure which, if, and what <laughs> what it'll be. Um, but yeah, they, I think they're two exciting things. One of them, I know, one of, one of them will be a personal favorite. The other one, I think, will be pretty good based off of some of the stuff going on around that right now. Okay, all right. Now, now you're gonna have people so, speculating throughout. Yeah. And the people listening in the Dominican Republic and stuff, I, I hope that uh, you you <laughs> subscribe to P2 because yes. uh, we, we've recently had like an uptick in international listeners and it's great, but it's just like, mm-hmm. how the hell did you end up on our podcast, man? Like out of all of them in the world, the people from the Dominican Republic and, and I think Sweden was one of them and Finland, like sweet. I know it's pretty cool to <laughs> think about. Um but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode, guys. Please, please, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so you can keep up with us and interact with us. We love your interactions. Um, support has been incredible. Um, had our second best month in January. We're talking non-baseball month. Second best month in terms of downloads. So these the support has been incredible since we've come back. And uh, yeah, we love you guys. And Murph, Nola's not here, but let's... Go. Let's go, Bucks. You were. <laughs> Love you guys. Later. <laughs>